I've got a little ring in my ears. Mm. My headphones are spooky dooky. Oh, all right. Come and sit down. Hurry. We got to oh. talk to James. Hello, everybody. Um, wow, you guys. Wow. We're in the episode. It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Our listeners wouldn't know, but it has been a it's while. It's been a while. We've got a, a lot more listeners now. Yeah. Guys. A lot more. So, welcome. If you're newer, Listening to this podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And this is the 13th Floor Podcast, where we talk about all things... All things? All things. All things weird <laughs> and strange. <laughs> well, there's three of us talking about three things, so all things. Yeah, things. It's true. <laughs> this week, we're talking about spooky science, but before we hop on in, we just want to, to thank everybody for listening and give a shout out to... because. You guys, we almost have the entire U.S. map filled out. We almost have a listener in every single state. If you know anybody in South Dakota, that's the one state we're still waiting for. So if you've got oh, any friends or so, family. So we got 13th Floriers in Alaska now? Yes, yes. 13th nice. Floriers. James has, has devised a name for all you <laughs> listeners out there. What is it, out? What, what is it, James? 13th Floriers. Like warriors, but with floor. Yeah, the thirteenth floriers come out to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, how have you guys been? I've been good. How about you guys? Beautiful. Been been doing well. Yeah, I'm coming off a cold right now though because I have a two year old who's made me ill. So uh, if I sound a little raspy, just know that it's it's short term. It'll mm. be gone next episode. Yeah. But we've been busy. Yeah. But having fun. Looking up weird things, like our spooky science. <laughs> oh, yes. We got some good stuff this week. Yeah. We do. Some stuff I've never heard of. I mean, I knew of Cece's topic, deep fakes. Yeah. But I didn't know about mine, but I definitely don't know about James's. Yeah. Hey, James, what are you talking about again? Uh, cellular resonance. Wow. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Cannot wait to learn about that. <laughs> so... Do we have do we have a icebreaker? Because we've got a lot of new listeners who don't know probably much about us. Oh. I got one. Okay. This is really random, but spooky science made me think of it because, you know, this is something I wish science could do in some ways. If you could have any animal in the world as a pet that has been engineered to behave like a dog, could even be dog sized, what would it be? Ooh, like a dog. Yeah, a I hippo. mean, you basically turn... Oh, yeah, that'd be a great one. It would be a I mean, hippo. I quite thought of that, yeah. My favorite animal. Oh, I love man. hippos. Nice. What about you, Alex? We've forgotten to put the dog up now that I'm starting. Um, you know, I would think like a, a, a hippo-sized dog would be horrifying. It's, it'd well, be I'm, I'm thinking more like dog. a dog-sized hippo. Yeah, it's a dog-sized hippo. Like a corgi hippo. Oh, so I have like Clifford the Big Red Dog. No, what? what in the world? What are you talking a about? Do a dog-sized no, hippo. No, it is an animal that has been, oh. it's got the personality of a dog, but it's an exotic uh, animal. I missed it. Well, yeah. Louise is rolling around on her back. Yeah, this is going to be a nightmare to edit with her in the background. <laughs> she's cute. Look at her. She's got, she's got cotton all over her back. She ripped open a toy. Hey, mm -hmm. Louise, come here. Okay, so if I had an animal that acted like a dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The question. Uh, I missed it. I was paying attention to Louise. And our baby that is, was rolling around and crying. Yeah, she was. All right, go on. While you two both ignored her. Just remember <laughs> this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to do 
<sighs> Hippo is a pretty good choice. It probably would have been my go-to. But since you picked it, I'm going to go with an alligator. An alligator? Uh, yeah. A gator dog. That'd be awesome. I think that'd be scary. Yeah, that's the whole point. You want Ain't it? nobody I would, coming I'd, like to, I'd love to have a gator, period. I love gators. I could see you with a gator, James. Imagine mm-hmm. riding it down the street. Yeah. You would. Why would you ride your dog-sized alligator down the street? I think a better question is, why wouldn't you? Um, because it's a tiny little alligator and you're no, six No, this six ain't no foot. tiny alligator. It's the size of yeah, a dog. Did, did, we didn't specify what breed of dog. Could be like a wolfhound. So, yeah. I don't know. I like the idea of having a gator. They're pretty quick. Yeah. They're pretty quick and they're yeah. horrifying. Like, can you imagine people's faces every time they go inside my house? Yeah. I mean, there are oh, people man. that have alligators. Like, they're happy to see. Yeah. They're happy to see a hippo. They're not happy to see a gator. Yeah. That's true. Mm. That's true. James? Your choice? You guys probably already know. Um, oh, man. Imagine a, a corgi-sized jumping spider that acts like a dog. Uh, wouldn't that be great? This is the thing of nightmares. That's something, James. <laughs> corgi. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be like Lucas, but it'd be real. It, oh, it'd be so great. It would be cute, I guess. Oh, I guess Lucas is pretty cute. But spiders yeah. are horrifying in real life. Who's Lucas? Lucas the spider. What? what? Oh. You never seen the YouTube oh, videos? What? No. Oh, you got to see I th- that. I think you may have, and you've just forgotten. <sighs> well, we'll go. We'll watch it after this. I'm not surprised by James's answer because James loves yeah. spiders. I'm not surprised, but I'm also horrified. Yeah. <laughs> some people, some people are terrified of spiders, James. Oh, really? That's true. They, I bet they have a name for that. Maybe we should come up with a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, All right, smart guy. Are we ready to hop into spooky science? I'm ready to hop into mine. Okay. Which is a bit of a interesting case, and it's far easier to sign up for than I thought it would be. So I guess the headline for the article that I read was Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneur pays the company thousands to be killed and have his brain digitally preserved forever. No. Yeah. And yep. it's actually pretty cut and dry, but it's also very bizarre. So. When I was researching it, normally, like, you know, these headlines are sensationalized, but this just cut to, just cut to the chase. The story <laughs> is of, like, Sam Altman, and he is paying big money to be killed. Uh, yep. Kind of. Uh, He's not really actually paying that much. So, there's a startup company <laughs> called... It's funny that that's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out it's pretty cheap. Uh, but, yeah, there's this company called Nectum. And I might be I might be pronouncing it wrong, but it's N E C T O M E. Nectome. Nectome. Uh and he's paying them ten thousand dollars to kill him. That's nothing. Yeah, especially for all the services they offer. That's pretty cheap. Ten thousand dollars. Essentially, since all they're gonna do for him is uh upload his consciousness to the cloud. <laughs> the problem the process has a hundred percent mortality rate. Yeah. So I want to know. Yeah, James sounds so excited. James, would you? Well, you know, we'll ask you that question. We already know James would upload his consciousness. (laughs) If if, this is a man that's willing to just go to Mars to die, how would we? How would we record this podcast if James was in the cloud? Well, it'd be it'd be really easy. Software for uh, speech translation. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but then it it would sound like like this. He would sound like Stephen Hawking. I love my jumping spider. (laughs) Okay. It taught me to be human. (laughs) That's 
really good, yeah, James. James. James is really good at doing voices like that. You know, we haven't seen James in a while. He might be uploaded already. Yeah, that's true. What if we're not even talking to a person right now? We're talking to a computer. Okay, uh, so he's doing it for $10,000. Yeah, it's just $10,000. And it's a process with a 100% mortality rate. So the process is called aldehyde stabilized cryopreservation. So essentially, the company plans on having a way that preserves your brain perfectly without losing anything about it and murdering you. So the the <laughs> process, it keeps your memories. It keeps everything about you. I guess it keeps your personality. Every synapse. Yes. every That's the goal. Is every synapse is kept perfect, which is why they have to do the process when you're alive and it kills you. So I guess. Otherwise, you lose synapses. Yeah. I'm just. That's the thing is like. How do you get all that information when somebody's alive? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, James is giggling on the other side. What, of what do you microphone. mean? What do you mean? How do you get all that information? Like how? I just don't understand how you upload. What, what, you're not doing the upload while they're alive. Yeah, but how do you get a synapse and put it on a computer? Yeah, hmm. you plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, well, that's why I was laughing is because they haven't figured that yeah, out yet. That, that's the thing. Yeah, that's he's uh, exactly right. So, mm. after you've been murdered for the sake of science, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> what they do is, as the founder of uh, Nectum, Nectum sounds like rectum. I, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> calls it. it was just like his own subconscious just had <laughs> it, to say that. It was. It was. <laughs> oh, my he God. looked up, up into the air when he said it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when you know you know when somebody looks up in the air, it's like a very con- contemplative and thoughtful thing yeah. to say. Well, it was like your entire your subconscious took control. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it'd be funny if, if we tried to preserve your brain and like that's all we got out of it and yeah. we just uploaded it and it was just that on repeat. Yeah. Next you, you, you wouldn't even have to kill me with the process. There's there's just so few synapses you have to worry about. <laughs> 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 so the uh, Nectum calls it a high-tech embalming technique, which kills the customer, like I've said. A technique attaches a machine to your brain, and it pumps these embalming chemicals into you and covering your brain pretty much slowly. Well, you know what? They didn't comment on the speed, but it kills you. I would imagine it's kind of slow. I bet it hurts, too. You know, I would think so. What are the odds that it doesn't? They've got to give you some anesthesia before they kill you. I don't know, man. No, I want to but- keep them <clears throat> synapses firing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Louise <laughs> just kicked our daughter's farm toy. No, it could have been the it could have been the song. Mama hen got little nest. Uh, <laughs> she sits on her eggs and she takes a little rest. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, they do these. They pump these embalming chemicals right into your brain, and it kills you. They probably don't give you anesthesia because... Because they want to hear you screaming? Yeah. Well, from some of the stuff I read, it sounds like your part pumps it into the rest of you. So, it, it's probably no different than like an IV or something like that. I, just, I don't know. When, I feel like when that happens, your brain would just stop working and then your synapses would die. Well, no, but the thing is that the technique embalms your brain. That's yeah. the whole the whole point of it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it looks like a pickled plum. I don't, <laughs> exactly. I don't buy it. So <laughs> they say that I guess like it's a kind of a poor business model though, because how are you going to get repeat customers? You know, 
They just want <laughs> their goal. Their goal is to have everybody in the cloud. And once you get everybody in the cloud, yeah. how are you going to make money? You charge them to exist. Oh, yeah. there you go. Firmware hasn't been updated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Annual to kill you tomorrow I if guess you don't pay. no difference than uh, something like taxes. Mm. No, I think it's an annual subscription. Terrifying. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it would be so weird if they could do that with reality. Because, I mean, you could experience a whole world online. Imagine that. Hey, we see that you're using the intro package <laughs> where every moment is suffering and pain. You can experience happiness if you upgrade to. <laughs> James, and you want to sign up for that? Um, I just talked myself out of it, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it'd be monetized. Yeah. And how yeah. would you even make money once you're in there? Oh, mm-hmm. you go. You, you would go have to, to be. <laughs> no, you would be. You would be the the Bing search engine. Where you can answer people's you know, questions. It, it could have already happened. You know, this could be a virtual world where we we didn't think that far ahead, and so then everybody had to like work to support themselves in the virtual world, and it just became indistinguishable for the real world. Whoa, oh, James, <laughs> mind blown. Yeah. So. It, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they say the process, like I said, will preserve everything about you. And I think you'll be able to digitalize all of this stuff within the next century. Okay. So it's a while off. Yeah. So this guy's going to die before it's even available. Probably. Yeah. So there, so oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your consciousness will be ones and zeros within a century. But the company plans to begin by connecting terminally ill patients to these embalming machines. And the embalming mm-hmm. mixture will then go throughout the body, I guess, to, just so they could see what it does. That's dark. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, who would you approach with this to begin with? Certainly not somebody who's healthy. And <sighs> Yeah, I mean, know. that makes sense, but yeah. so long as they have the choice. I was thinking, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, no, uh, but I, I was, like, kind of wondering, like, how would they get away with this? And they said that they're going to use the current laws in California of, like, physician-assisted suicide. Yeah. It's called the End of Life Option Act, which allows them to do this. Okay. Very interesting. I, I thought, mean, that makes sense. But it's very odd. But they said that it's still a long ways off. And Nectome, uh thinks that they will have a biological neural network in just four years. So four years from now. So this guy could do it. Yeah. But I, I seriously doubt this. I mean, some futurologists think that we will be able to do the upload in a few as 50 years mm-hmm. and that these consciousnesses will be able to inhabit any Android they want to. So you have a robot. Body. Yeah. I think the science, is, I think yeah. all of the science is even further off than that. Like, yeah. Again, Alex is, yeah, long. Alex is 70 long. years off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, science always seems to go slower than we anticipate. I mean, just look at, mm-hmm. just look at all the movies from the last 40 years. We've guessed yeah. wrong every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, like some things for, are further along than we would imagine, like phones and stuff like that. But then we don't have flying cars. We don't have any like any of the solutions that we thought we would probably have. We don't have hologram advertisements that we want. I mean, we kind of do with drones in China. Well, we got we got holograms now. They're just not ads yet. Yeah. And flying cars, we don't have that because that'd be a nightmare. Yeah. That'd be it'll be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but can you imagine the nightmare of having so a serial killer upload the consciousness and then go into a robot body, kill somebody, and go back into the the digital world? Ooh, Ooh. Alex! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, a good, good movie. movie right there. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can steal it except for James and Cece. Yeah, James, you and I are gonna write that. Okay. 
Yeah, there we so, go. I, I, first I don't, robot serial killer. <laughs> I don't think we're anywhere near this. Like, first off, androids. We're not even close. Yeah, I know the androids. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, DARPA's done some amazing stuff. They're not even close to the capabilities that would probably be required. I mean, maybe if you wanted, like, a skeleton, the skeleton equivalent of an android, like where it just mm. walks pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But well, one it. of the arguments I've seen has been holograms. Like imagine being uploaded into basically a computer and it ha- it has the ability to broadcast light and create sort of a light body for you that you can use to interface and interact with the world. What's that? That that one movie about the guy who falls in love with the hologram? Like the uh, Oh, that's her? Her? Oh, no, he falls in love with the AI. Oh, I thought it was a hologram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's a movie where he yeah. falls in love with a hologram that in uh, Blade Runner 20, whatever. His like, girlfriend's a hologram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever year, 2044. Let's not forget Jim and the holograms. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. He's he's just going to embalm his brain while alive for $10,000. I cannot believe it was $10,000. I think that he's yeah, that's probably... Yeah, pretty surprising. He wants to be the first one to do it. He's like James. He's yeah. like, I want to be the first one with my consciousness uploaded. Yeah. Well, Silicon Valley people are weird anyway. So, yeah, I can totally see it. I mean, he, he's involved with a bunch of startups, and this is one of the startups that his startup is helping. Okay. And mm. I think he actually left. Talk that. about helping. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he could have just made an investment. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think he'll live long enough to be able to do this. That's kind yeah. of sad. Well, it depends on how long they can keep that brain, which I'm guessing is pretty much indefinitely. The real question is, it's more philosophical. Is it really him or is it just a copy of him? I mean, it's a copy, so, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're taking that's data how I from one it. place and moving it to another. Yeah, that's how I view it. I don't think of it as immortality so much as just really, you know, we've we've been able for, you know, the beginning of life to, to replicate our DNA. Now they're just replicating synapses. It's really reproduction rather than uh, immortality. Mm. It's a computer baby. <laughs> I I don't know. I would... Mm-mm. No. What if somebody gets a hold of the hard drive that you're on? That's the thing. You have to trust the people in control. Yeah. And the only way you know you're in control is if you're Skynet. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> consciousness uploads. Thank you, Alex. Yes. I guess it's my turn. Am I going to hop on yep. in here? Uh, if you Go want to. for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. It sounded more like Beaker. It did actually sound a lot like Beaker. Yeah. yeah, and you guys, I was originally going to cover blood computers per James's request. I think that's <laughs> what we said at the end of our last episode. But I pulled an Alex this episode and I went rogue. <laughs> and I changed my topic to deep fakes. Yes, mm. which are very fun. Nice. Yeah, they can be fun. They can yeah. be creepy. I know you guys know what they are. Yes. I'm sure most of our listeners know what they are because they're starting to become a little bit more popular. And even if you don't know what it is, then you've still probably seen one. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep fakes are videos or audio recordings that make people say things or look like they're doing things that they've never actually done before. Should we put her in her kennel? Yes. Wait one second. I was about to ask. I think it's Louise tap dancing. Well, yeah, Louise. We need to get her nails trimmed. She's just she's just walking around the house in circles. Mm-hmm. He's putting her up. All right. Okay. And now you've got a plane flying overhead. But kind of want to have a big ladybug too. That'd be a fun pet. A big ladybug. <laughs> that would be yeah. kind of cute. 
Yeah. You could put a little saddle on it. They're voracious predators, though. That's the only thing. James, the ladybug expert. Yeah. I saw one in my house the other day. It's supposed to be good luck, right? Hmm. I guess. Only if you eat it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So deep fakes are essentially a fake video or audio clip created by a very advanced computer program, like an AI. So you, for instance, you could like put a celebrity's face onto somebody else's body. Yeah. That's mostly what they're used for right now because it's, I guess it's kind of in its infancy, this type of program. Um, but you can make somebody look like they did something they never did. And it's kind of creepy if you stop and think about it because you could, Very. somebody could take your face and your image and put it on somebody else's body and make your life a living hell. If you stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eh. But then again, at the same time, some of them are really funny. Alex and I, before we recorded this, we actually watched a couple of the, the top 10 deep mm-hmm. fake videos from 2019. There's one that turns Bill Hader from SNL to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's really great. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And, but I think my personal fave, there's one that's <laughs> Dr. Evil and Mini-Me, and they turn it into Vladimir Putin and <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> it's just really funny to, to watch. But Snapchat's face swapping is actually technically a form of deep fake where you can make mm, yeah. yourself look like – James, you can make yourself look like a woman – Alex did it, and he, he was... Why did you... <laughs> <laughs> he said that to me like it was a selling point. <laughs> well, Alex, we did it. I looked like... I, did. I, I looked like a meathead when I made myself look like a man on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Alex, he actually looked pretty beautiful. Oh, oh, yeah. I was a very beautiful woman. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> he was actually pretty pretty. Oh, Have you guys seen the ones where people face swap with their cats? Yes, those ones are beautiful. It's those ones make you really happy. It's, it's entertaining to watch the cats. The cats are just so freaked out. <laughs> what the heck is happening? Yeah. But, yeah, some deep fakes are obviously very fake, like, you know, face swapping with a cat. And they look very doctored, but some are pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one that was of Jimmy Fallon and Paul Rudd switching, and that one actually looked pretty real. But it kind of, when you watch the videos, and if you haven't seen one, I do recommend that whenever you're not driving or whenever you have a spare moment and you're in a safe place, look up a deep fake video and you can see what it is for yourself. But, Mm. yeah, some people are understandably worried about deep fakes. Yeah. Because yeah. they can be used for some pretty shady stuff, like making a politician look like they said something that they never said to kind of and let chaos ensue. We don't need around deep the globe. fakes for that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, someone could issue a fake emergency alert and put the entire world in panic. Uh, they could make these videos to bully people, or uh, revenge porn is a really big thing that uh, apparently yeah. it's being used for, which is disgusting. I don't know how anybody could do that to anybody else. But some people could argue these type of fake videos could obviously be made by very talented CGI experts. Right. Yeah. I remember when Forrest Gump came out, people threw a fit over that because, you know, you had all these presidents and stuff saying things that didn't really say. happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also like, a, was it called like Benjamin Button? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cried like a freaking baby at the end of that movie when it shows that. Uh, was it because Benjamin Button was a baby at no, the end? Yeah, of when it shows, is it Kate Blanchett walking with a little toddler? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, my eyes out. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, some people say we shouldn't be worried about this because it can already be done. But the thing that is kind of troublesome about deep fakes is that one, they're easier for just regular Joe to use, like the program yeah. is. 
So anybody can make anything. And two, uh, this technology is becoming more sophisticated and realistic image wise. Almost, I almost like, I almost think it should be outlawed. Like, it's so horrifying. I'm kind of on the fence with it. Especially when it gets further along. No one's going to be able to tell anything. Everything's going to have to be done live. At some point, yeah. I think think at some point the state will be able to just arrest you for stuff. Because it's like, here we have footage of Alex robbing a bank. (laughs) Yeah, no. You know, I mean, people just believe it. Because it it will eventually be almost indiscernible from... Yeah, right now it's, it's still a little shaky. Because it's like, you can make a video... Of somebody, but when they turn their head a certain way, you can tell yeah. that it's fake. It's a forgery. What freaks me out more is when they can incorporate with the voices, because like now they can have you say things that you didn't say yep. uh, just by analyzing your voice. Like there's a one of Joe Rogan where it's literally like a clip of him saying things, but he's he never said any of it. It's it's a hundred percent computer generated speech and computer generated imagery. <sighs> Oof. Yeah, the only thing that's off about it is there's no tonal inflections. So even when he says something like really off the wall, he sounds very like mechanic ho hum about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So how do these deep fakes work, you guys? I found an article hmm. on CSOonline.com that explained it fairly well. They had a lot of really good information. That's where I got most of my information from. But they say, quote, deepfakes exploit the human tendency using generative adversarial networks, a.k.a. GANs, in which two machine learning models duke it out. One machine learning model trains on a data set and then creates video forgeries, while the other attempts to detect the forgeries. The forger creates mm-hmm. fakes until the other machine learning model can't detect the forgery. The larger set of da- training data... Uh, so the larger set of training data that you have, the easier it is for the forger to create a believable deepfake. This is why videos of former presidents and Hollywood celebrities have been frequently used in this early mm. first generation of deepfakes. There's a ton of publicly available video footage to train the forger. Oh. End quote. I'm very lucky then. I, I'm in very few pictures and I vary so much in appearance between those pictures with beards and hair and whatnot that... It'd be it's hard true. to deepfake me. It's true. You you don't have very much of an internet history, <laughs> at least when it comes to your images. I know. Whenever yeah. you're on video from now on, make sure you like rotate your head like all the way. Yeah, up, all like, over the like, place. Like, in circles, <laughs> and they won't be able to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that over the past four years, we've heard a lot about fake news, which mm. TBH, there's a lot of it out there, or it's heavily biased. Trust me, I used to work in the industry. But deep fakes really could present an opportunity for some people to put out and perpetuate a lot of fake news. And the tough thing is that if it's very convincing, even if it's fake and that comes out later, some people will still believe it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's called the fluency heuristic. And it's believing things you've seen in the past. So if people see or hear about the story later, they'll think, oh, yeah, I saw that. And they won't even think, oh, yeah, I saw that it was fake. They'll just think, oh, yeah, I saw that. It's true. Well, most people see the fake thing, just like in news in general. They see the big article, but they don't see the retraction when yeah. there's a mistake. Mm. Well, and that's one thing. A lot of news news agencies, they'll still like post the headline that they had that was incorrect. And then you'll click in the article and at the very bottom, it'll say corrected or. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it won't even be in the main body of the story, which is just ridiculous in my opinion. But anyways. Uh, platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Reddit, they've all come under scrutiny for allowing deepfakes to remain online. But the lines get a little bit blurry when determining whether or not to remove something like a deepfake or not. 
because there's a lot of debate about how to approach the subject, especially in recent months. There's a lot of recent data on this. But uh, one article I read by The Verge said that social media platforms are kind of doing it based upon the intent of the video. So if it's a deep fake that's just supposed to be funny, it's like uh, a, you know something that a celebrity said that's just funny and it's not meant to harm anybody, then they'll keep it up. But if the video is meant to bully or belittle someone and that's meant to cause harm, it might get removed if the social media platform picks up that it's a deep fake in the first place. Oh. So that's kind of how they're trying to, to do it now, how to kind of manage these deep fakes. But how can we detect a deep fake, you guys? Some are pretty obviously fake, but sometimes it's pretty hard. And with these GANs, these generative adversarial networks getting more sophisticated, they're getting more sophisticated, there will probably come a time where we have to forensically pick apart a video in order to tell whether or not it's real. Hmm. So, yeah. And GANs are learning how to make these videos more realistic. They could possibly, no, they could probably learn how to pass a forensic test. So God only knows what we'll do in the future in order to tell if something's real or fake. Outlaw all CGI. All of it. Practical effects only the movies. Alex is a big fan of practical (laughs) effects. If you listen to his other podcast. Yeah, James, what's your favorite practical effect? (laughs) Put him on the spot. (laughs) <laughs> um, just anything involving like latex and corn syrup, like the thing, the oh, thing is the yes. scariest horror movie because it relies on that instead of CGI. Cause you know, it had, it to. looks real. I like the, yeah, the, the thing is one of my favorites. And then the chest, the, the, in the alien, the chest. Oh yeah. It looks so good. Ooh, it does yeah. look really good. It looks pretty realistic for having been made way back when. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that I like tiny towns. you like what? Tiny towns. Like in Godzilla. <laughs> oh, oh. It was my favorite practical effect. Oh. So you guys can tiny give your towns. answers. And then I, whatever. Tiny, tiny towns. Tiny sorry. towns. <laughs> you talk about the miniatures. technical term for it. Miniatures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it would make a really cute movie, Tiny Towns. I bet you there is yeah. a movie called or Tiny children's Towns. children's TV show. Yeah. Oh, that would be. James, another children's yeah. TV show idea for us. <laughs> Yeah, we we do this every episode. It's amazing. We do. This is a wellspring of ideas. It is. We just need to do this. This is where we can get all of our ideas, James. But one argument that deep fakes don't necessarily spell doom and gloom when it comes to finding the truth in the Mm -hmm. world, there are a lot easier ways to spread disinformation. Yeah, just working on the news. Yeah, yeah. But for (laughs) for example, somebody could find a real video of something that actually happened and then just create a fake narrative around it. So that's one easy way hmm. to to make a terrifying story go viral. Yeah. Yeah. Another argument, and this is from Tim Huang, director of the Harvard MIT Ethics and Governance of AI Initiative. Whew. He argues that with deepfakes becoming more popular, people are starting to know what they are, which means people are becoming more aware to their possible existence, and they might be looking at things with a bit more skeptical eye. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. That's true, but I also think like when it comes to the point where nobody can trust anything that they're seeing, I think that's kind of a scary place to be in. Yeah. Although yeah. I do think that people do need to look at everything, especially in the news nowadays, with a skeptical eye. Try to check a story's sources. Look at stories on different websites to see if any of it's the same, like from one network to another. 
Yeah, it's pretty sad, but I started, whenever I see anonymous source, I'd roll my eyes. Yeah, or sources say. <laughs> That's the thing. Always check the sources because, honestly, your local TV station, and I can tell you this for a fact, they are not able to fully fact check a story, especially if it's national. If it's local, that's probably accurate. But if it's a national story and like has to do with politics or anything, really. Yeah, they don't have the resources. They don't have the resources. When I was working in news, basically what I would do every night is I would go into the office and I would have this big database, basically, that was all the news stories that I could pick from to build our show. And I would read through the copy. And what I would do is I would try to go to different websites and just fact check and kind of make sure that I had all the correct details. But I can't like... I can't call up Iran in the middle of the night and say, hey, <laughs> is this is this an accurate story? I can't fact check that. No. So a lot of people don't really realize where their news is coming from or how it's even produced. So listener, if you're reading the news, try to look at different sources and kind of kind of determine what's going on that way. Don't don't get all of your news from a single source. Okay. But yeah. Sorry. Oh, th- yeah, that was a tangent. Yeah, I got off. I got off on a tangent, but yeah, that's too fake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perception is reality, and I think that if people see these, see these videos and think they're real, like it's just going to cause so much confusion, and it oh, can yeah. really lead to some bad things down the line if people aren't careful with these things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's the the hard part is that when it comes to removing them, free speech does protect some of the things that are made. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough topic, you yeah. guys. Yeah, it is. What about mm-hmm. you, James? What do you have? Yeah, James, what are you talking about today? I got cellular resonance, you guys. And oh, I'm sorry to hear about your condition. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, man. Um, to, to further elaborate on this, I thought I would talk about two things that help us understand this a little better. And the first is resonance of glass. And uh, it's not particularly spectacular, but everybody's seen videos of this. Somebody takes a wine glass, which is, you know, a solid crystal glass, no no lines or blemishes. And uh, you'll notice they always tap on the glass before they do this. And then they sing, and it shatters the glass. And the, the big question there is, why do they tap on the glass first? I know. What? To hear its frequency. Exactly. Every glass has its own frequency. And if you can match that frequency, then you can create resonance. And as such, you can shatter the glass. When you, like, you know when you see people rubbing their fingers across the top of a glass and then it starts, Ooh, Oh, yeah, I love that, doing that. Is that the, kind of the same thing? Yes, it is. I mean, resonance itself, I guess I should have started with, with that, is uh, it's the amplification of a frequency using harmonic proportion. In other words, you're matching the frequency of something, and so they're building off of one another, and it's increasing the vibrational energy as a result. So the, the, can you yeah. do that with a person? You tap them? Well, that's actually what my topic's about. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to be talking about. But before I get to that, <laughs> let me let me describe something that other that people also are a little more aware of that that's even more spectacular. And that would be the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Well, see, here that's the thing is you probably not heard of it. Well, you know, I know you've not heard of it because you asked what's that. But <laughs> you've almost certainly seen it because there's there's footage, very famous footage of a bridge, a solid, big concrete and steel bridge just wobbling back and forth. 
It almost looks like the concrete's been turned to liquid. It is one of the most, I encourage everyone to, to look it up because it is absolutely spectacular to watch. It's simultaneously beautiful and horrifying. Um, basically, this bridge uh, was constructed, well, construction started in 1938 and it was finished in uh, 1940. And it was only open for a few months because what ended up happening is, again, everything has a frequency to it and bridges are no different. And the uh, wind that day just happened to perfectly match that frequency. Like it was just striking it just right. And it created that resonance. In fact, they actually teach this in engineering schools now. Uh, they, they showcase this because uh, this flipping steel and concrete bridge becomes a wobbly, quasi-liquid mess and broke. Flipping, Ooh. yeah. I mean, did anybody get hurt? Ah, uh, you know that's a good question. Let me look into that because I didn't even think about that. Uh, Don't even think well, about the death and destruction, right? James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think I'm, about your I'm assuming. Bridge. I mean, I, if you look at the footage, there's lots of cars on there, so I have trouble believing that nobody died. Like, there's no flipping way. Um, Here, we'll look it up while you... Oh my god. I looked it up. This is amazing. This is borderline a miracle. There was one fatality. A copper wow. spaniel named Tubby. Oh, Tubby. <laughs> Poor Tubby. This, this episode is dedicated to Tubby. Oh, man. <laughs> this one's for you, Tubby. Yeah. Oh, man. What a wild thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's called aeroelastic flutter when this phenomenon takes place. And it is, like I said, highly encourage people to look it up because it is just staggering. I, I remember watching a show on Comedy Central, if I remember right, and like the production company's little logo thing was actually footage of that bridge. That's like how iconic it is that it inspired somebody to do that. Hmm? How do engineers avoid that? That is a when good building question. A bridge? And of all the people to ask, I mean, I if you gave me a million years on this earth, I couldn't build a watch or a bridge or anything. So I have no idea. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that it involves using um, the right kind of supports. Like, you know how a lot of bridges actually have those, uh, those steel cables twined around one another and then wrapped in yeah. plastic. And I'm assuming it has to do with that because it gives the bridge enough give, but I have no idea. Any engineers out there, feel free to, to tell us how yeah. we avoid resonance in that uh, respect. Yeah, send us but a what, message. But what's interesting about cellular resonance is, you know, when I think of resonance, I think of glasses. I think of concrete. I think of inanimate things. I don't think about living things. Yeah. But cells have a resonance. And most interestingly, healthy, normal human cells have a different resonance from bacteria and from cancer cells. And so that's where the, uh, the real beauty of, of this as a, as a potential science really comes in because currently the, the, the way that we treat uh, bacterial infections is with antibiotics, which they're gaining uh, quite a bit of resistance to. And currently yeah. the way we treat most forms of cancer is through chemotherapy, which has varying efficacy depending on the, the particular kind of cancer that it, it uh, has. So what's, what's interesting about this is if you use uh, 111 hertz or so, what you're what you're doing it's between 100 and 300 hertz but what's interesting about uh about a 111 is you can 
it well, it greatly delays <laughs> the damage to healthy cells. I mean, if you just kept at it, eventually you'd rupture them. But if you use about nine minutes of 111 hertz, you can actually shatter tumors, shatter cancer cells on a cellular level, destroying them mechanically and preventing them from spreading and causing harm without damaging the healthy surrounding tissue. So it wow. could be very, very useful in that sense. Um, now, that being said, there have been studies into similar technology for decades. And this is, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with our uh, magical thinking episode. There's a, a fascinating machine called a Rife machine, and it uses uh, radio waves to do something very similar. Uh, it, it disrupts the electromagnetic frequency of a uh, bacterium or a cancer cell and can destroy it. Presumably, that's the important thing. Well, a lot of people with Lyme disease and AIDS and cancer have uh, refused the conventional treatments for those conditions in order to take this uh, oscillatory treatment, and they die. So Ooh. it's yeah. So th that's the problem with this is is there is there are definitely some snake oil salesmen using this and there's plenty of conspiracy mm. theories that oh rife machines work it's just uh, and hydrogen peroxide works uh it's just big pharma interfering they just want to keep selling chemo uh no no this is one of those cases where uh these are these are flipping hucksters and they are selling a technology that does not work and the reason why i want to point that out is i want to make sure that none of you floriers listening are going to mix up what i'm talking about with regard to this new discovery regarding uh, uh, different uh, frequencies of sound with some of the older technology that there's a lot of conspiracy theory surrounding and it is without question woo-woo. So this is, this is new. This is using sound waves, not radio waves. This is, and one of the most interesting things about it is they were initially using instruments. Uh, I don't really have an explanation for this. This is kind of baffling. I don't think they do yet either, actually. Uh, they initially used instruments to generate these sound waves. And they it, it you know took about 15 minutes to shatter a cancer cell. Well, then they tried using human voices to mirror it, kind of like with the, you know, breaking the wine glasses. And yeah. it would, only took nine minutes. <laughs> so for whatever <laughs> reason, it, it could be because of, you know, slight variations. You know, an, an instrument is pretty set in stone. Whereas a human voice is going to alternate a little bit. So I'm, Can you I'm also imagine trying to make that noise for nine minutes? Hey, that's a good point. All right, yeah. well, hey, we'll see. I'm assuming they recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got Celine Dion working in the labs. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating stuff. They're currently studying it right now, actually, at Duke, um, the School wow. of Medicine. Yeah. It's it's really fascinating, and it it could just completely change the way that we treat a number of diseases, making use of sound rather than uh, different uh, ingested compounds or, 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 or chemo. It's really neat stuff, and there, there's footage, by the way, of of this. There's there's footage of them using uh, sound waves on cancer cells, and you can literally watch in real time these uh, these tumor cells, these CTCs, just explode it is really wow that sounds fascinating. awesome yeah 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 again highly recommend people check that out and yeah uh one of the real issues is you know the long-term effects of bombarding somebody with sound you know there's a lot of woo-woo with sound 
You know, there's all these, you know, if you listen to binaural beats, you can, you know, heal yourself or whatever. And, uh, you know, high frequency uh, focused ultrasounds, which can do a lot of things, but they they actually, I mean, they can heat up cancer cells and kill them, but it's not even remotely uh, on par with what I'm talking about. Really, the mm-hmm. only thing that, that using uh, like high intensity ultrasounds are good for in terms of cancer and disease is prostate cancer. And that's just because of the peculiar area where the prostate is situated. It makes it kind of hard to do anything else. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. And there's it. it just thinking about resonance with regard to uh, organisms, you know, it, it, it lends itself to pseudoscience and, and to a lesser extent to spirituality because there's this, there's this notion in a lot of modern physics that if everything has a frequency and, well, I mean, even, even our synapses, you know, we were talking about preserving the brain, you know, there's the Hodgkin-Huxley model. I think, yeah, they, they won a, uh, a Nobel Prize for that. They basically treated uh, neurons like electrical devices, and they were able to generate an equation in order to understand synaptic input. Well, I mean, if that's based on frequency changes, and whenever we interact with one another, our frequencies are altering, uh, you know, like think about what a conversation is like. It's almost like a, a macroscopic version of two neurons firing together, right? If that's the case, yeah. then you could argue that every single organism on the planet is sort of like a superorganism in that regard, and it has its own resonance as well. The Earth does. The, the whole of life does. And I'm not jumping to that just, you know, to make it all grandiose and, and amazing or anything. It's just interesting to think about because we're talking about hard science with regard to using resonance of cells to treat diseases. But then it also opens up the idea of, well, if resonance is a genuine thing to consider uh, for for living things, then what does that say about the resonance of, of combined organisms, of the interaction of organisms, of a city, of a family, of a, a planet? It's just neat to think hmm. about. You know? Could you and weaponize I'll, it? Uh, that was the next thing I was going to bring up, is if you can shatter a cell, then it stands to reason that you can shatter a bunch of cells. And yeah, it's 100% plausible to use this as a weapon. It's 100% plausible to focus sound in key areas and just explode people. I don't like that. Yeah. The only reason why I'm not that worried about it, though, is it seems a lot less efficient than just bombs and bullets. You know, like Mm -hmm. you're going to a lot of trouble to use a very dangerous technology to, I mean, in terms of shock and awe, sure. I mean, if you could, if you could raid a, uh, an enemy base and, and make people explode without ever entering it. Yeah. People will start telling stories and they might back off. Uh, and, and you could leave into infrastructures intact. Yeah. There we go. That's uh, wow. Alex, you, you got the makings of a dictator there. That was, that was clever. <laughs> really. <laughs> oh man um and i think i figure i'll just kind of uh to finish my little story on a wonderful little quote from nikola tesla which we talked about i think it was the last episode or the episode before that he said if you want to find the secret to the universe think in terms of energy frequency and vibration and you know it goes hand in hand with this new remarkable technology that time will tell if it 
it's the uh, panacea they're claiming or if it's just, you know, less efficient than, than what they're pitching it as. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds cool. Thank you. It's a lot to think about. It's nerve wracking to think that something like that like could be weaponized, but it's also mm. really cool to know that something like that could be developed to help people. Yeah. And I think that that's more practical in, in, in its usage. I think that it would make more sense. It's kind of like x-rays. You could technically bombard people with x-rays and kill them, but nobody does because it's not efficient. And similarly, it makes a lot more sense to send five dudes into a war zone with uh, uh, battle rifles than it would be to use a big sound machine. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Usually, James, what you talk about is just either entirely terrifying <laughs> or entirely terrifying. And that was that had a little bit of hope in it, James. <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> he won't make that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, how about we see what we're going to be talking about next week, and we can really decide. Yeah. yeah. All right, Alex. <laughs> it's that Baker thing again. <laughs> Pick one out. What are we talking about next week? <clears throat> oh, this is this is a um, listener recommendation from underscore disciple of the king underscore and it is transdimensional beings is that an underscore or a dash i think it's an underscore okay. he's very nice <laughs> i spoke to him on instagram so nice underscore disciple of the king underscore thank you so much for submitting this topic next week we are going to be talking about transdimensional beings mm-hmm. all right guys There's so many yeah li- listen if <laughs> if you're new to this podcast we're always taking Listener suggestions and topics for the show. If we draw yours out of the famous 13th floor vase, then you're going to get a shout out. So definitely send us your topics. You can do so. You can email them to us at 13th floor podcast at gmail.com, or you can send them to us on Facebook, the 13th floor Facebook page, or on Instagram at 13th floor podcast. Yeah. I would say Twitter, but. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's there and if we get more followers i'll start posting yeah alex alex manages the twitter james kind of oversees our facebook page and i do instagram so if you yeah. want to talk to a specific one of us that's how you can reach out to us <laughs> our preferred social media platform alex who does our music our music is uh signal by grant cook you can find his music on spotify Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. And listen to his music. It's wonderful. Yes. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we hit the road? Hmm. All right. That's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> until next time. You didn't give us any time. To say yeah, that was anything. hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I got nothing, though, but still. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Uh, not good, James. You know what I mean. I, now I feel like yeah. A I'm fool. glad you didn't talk, James. <sighs> All right, you guys. Until next time, <laughs> we hope that you can keep, keep it, it strange. strange. All right, guys. Let me go. Eat. It taught me to be human.